0: Welcome everyone, I'm County Executive Joe Parisi. I am here with the Mayor of Madison, our Public Health Director, and representatives from the three major hospitals in Dane County. We are all going to say a few words and then everyone here will be available to answer questions after we all speak. This morning, Public Health Madison Dane County issued new stricter guidelines in response to the recent surge in COVID-19 cases in Dane County. It's believed the recent surge in positive test results is due to an increasing number of people ignoring the guidelines for behavior we know keeps COVID at bay, particularly around social distancing. When this pandemic began, I said there would be a beginning, a middle, and an end. Unfortunately, we are likely not even quite yet to the middle of this event. This is going to be with us for a long time. We are all tired of dealing with this virus, and I can tell you no one's more tired of it than the folks who are standing with me today, many of whom have been working seven days a week for the past four months trying to keep people safe. But just because we're tired of it doesn't mean it's any less dangerous or contagious than it was in March. In order to get and keep this under control, we all need to do our part. We all need to practice strict adherence to public health guidelines. Every day, Public Health Madison-Dane County is flooded with calls and emails from people in basically three groups. There are folks who call and say the guidelines are not strict enough. You need to shut everything down, period. On the other extreme, there are folks who say these guidelines need to be thrown out They don't make any sense, and in fact, there are folks in federal court right now suing us to take away our ability to have any guidelines in place. Then there's this big group of folks in the middle who say, well, you know, the guidelines are just about right, except could you exempt my group, my Little League team, my organization that I'm involved with. And people are not often exactly civil in their tone. We need to remember that the virus is our enemy, not the people who are working day and night to protect us from it. We have to restore the spirit and approach that brought us so much success in the beginning of this outbreak. By working together as a community against the virus, rather than individuals and groups against one another, we flattened the curve. We took care of our neighbors and we got a handle on the outbreak early on. We need to get back to that place. We all need to do our part to protect each other and ourselves. We can get this back under control, but it will require that everyone in our community do their part. Pay attention to the guidelines, and remember that our actions not only impact our own health, but the health of the entire community. We were there three months ago. We can get back there again, but it will take all of us working together for the greater good. Thank you. And now we're going to hear from Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway. Thank you.
1: I'm Madison Mayor Satya Rhodes-Conway. Thank you to the county executive. I think that's exactly right. We have to take care of each other. Uh, In just two weekends, the level of community spread has jumped from 24% to 37%. And the average age of those with the coronavirus in Dane County has dropped to 23 years old. We cannot keep moving in this direction. It threatens our most vulnerable neighbors. It threatens our economy and it threatens all of our health and well-being. It's clear that alcohol and coronavirus do not mix. People don't make responsible decisions when crowding into a bar or partying on a Saturday night. That's why the new public health orders are so important. We need individuals and businesses alike to take this public health threat seriously and know that we are enforcing the public health orders. Responsible businesses should double down on efforts to protect patrons and workers, including not only providing face coverings for workers as required, but also by encouraging patrons to use face coverings. To our younger population, I want to remind you, you have to wear a face covering. Don't gather in groups and get the free testing that is available at the Alliant Energy Center. Make a plan and go get tested if you have been exposed. And as a community, we must continue to test. We have the highest level of testing in the state here in Dane County, and we are expanding our testing capacity via community testing sites, and we have plans to continue robust testing into the fall. It is the only way for us to know what's happening with the virus. But we cannot do it alone. From Dane County to Jefferson County to Rock County, we're all connected. Every single county in the state should have mandatory public health orders, and every single county in the state should be cracking down on problem behaviors, and every single county in the state should have robust testing like we have here in Dane County. We need the state and the federal government to ensure that widespread testing is happening all across Wisconsin to keep all of us safe. Remember, this is a marathon, not a sprint. The single best protection against this virus is the choices that we all make every day. We have to continue to maintain our six feet distance apart from people who are not in our household. We have to continue to mask up, and we must continue to practice good hand hygiene. We can do this together, but it is going to take all of us. Thank you.
2: Good morning. My name is Nasia Saftar, I'm the Medical Director for Infection Prevention at UW Health and I'm here to talk about why we are seeing what we're seeing in Dane County today. I think that what we have learned with this virus has put us in a different place now as far as our scientific knowledge goes than when we started out with. It's certainly true that there is still much that is unknown about this novel coronavirus but one thing we know for sure is that it behaves quite predictably Earlier in the pandemic, when we really cracked down on physical mobility and practiced physical distancing and people were only going out for essential activities, we saw the desired effect of the rates going down, staying suppressed, and the curve being flattened effectively. And just as we did then, now we are seeing what happens when we increase our physical mobility, when people start gathering, when physical distancing is compromised. The group that we are seeing a large proportion of cases in are those between the ages of 20 and 30. And while that is expected in some respect, you know, the weather is nice, people like to go outside, they like to gather. You can't really be faulted for wanting to do that. I think we do still have to remember that the coronavirus pandemic is far from over. Um, It's not even, as was mentioned, we're not even halfway there yet. And what we have to do is continue to practice the behaviors that will allow us to suppress it until there are more effective therapeutic and preventive measures available. One thing that is in our control is that it is very sensitive to human behavior. Human behavior is also rather difficult to change. I think what is in our favor is that we were able to do it once and it's possible to do it again. For those in the younger age group, it's also important to remember that when you have mild symptoms and you get tested and you find out that you test positive, you may not feel, sick enough, which is wonderful, and you may feel that that's okay for them, for you to go out and engage in activities with other people. But the whole purpose of testing and finding out the diagnosis is that one can effectively isolate to prevent the chain of transmission. From the perspective of the virus, the younger age group is the perfect age group to infect, especially if they don't modify their behavior after they test positive. So that's the chain of transmission that we really have to break. Now, from the health system perspective, we are not seeing an increasing number of admissions or hospitalizations at this point. But again, knowing how predictable these things are, it is very likely that in the next few weeks, if things go as they have been, that we will. And then we will be in the same place that we were in March and the same issues that we encountered then. So if to be forewarned is to be forearmed, then I think now is the time for aggressive action to be taken. Thank you.
3: Good morning, everyone. I'm Amy Franta. I'm the Vice President of Medical Affairs at SSM Health St. Mary's. And I really want to reinforce the social distancing message today. I know that we sound like a broken record to our community, but social distancing works. And I'm going to say it again, social distancing works. We know from our past couple of months and our experience with coronavirus that with social distancing, we can flatten the curve. We know that the disease is transmitted by viral or by viral particles that are airborne, and those can be aerosolized by things like coughing, singing, but also something as simple as talking. And when those aerosolized viral droplets enter the air, they can travel up to an average of six feet, and that's why that six feet is so important to prevent the transmission of the virus and this is not just in our restaurants and in our bars but it's also at our family gatherings where we haven't been quarantining with other members of the family and even within gatherings within our home and so social distancing again has been proven to work the cdc has recommended the six feet rule for good reason and there's sound evidence behind it a lot of our common Household objects are six feet. So take for something like a standard size couch, hockey stick, yoga mat. So it's really really easy for us to picture how far we need to be from others at social gatherings. Now, social distancing is just one tool that we have to prevent the transmission of the virus. And so I wanna ask Dr. Shirley to come up and talk a little bit more about one of our other ways that we're helping prevent transmission.
4: Thank you. Uh, My name is Dan Shirley. I'm the director of uh, infection prevention at Unity Point Meritor Hospital. Um, So as Amy mentioned, um, you know, in addition to the the other measures wearing masks or face coverings is also very important in this. Um, Also mentioned was that this is a droplet. And so the droplets, um, you know, are are dispersed when you do things as simple as talking. Um, Obviously, we think of coughing and sneezing, but talking and singing is something a little bit harder to um, think about. Um, and the other important part of this is that it can, um, transmission can occur and droplets could occur um, even if you don't have symptoms. And that's a point sometimes that we forget about and that's why it's so important to, to follow these rules because um, if you don't feel ill, it's, it doesn't seem like a risky thing to talk to someone else. Um, You know, if you're not feeling ill, there could be two ways that could be the case. You could um, have no symptoms for the whole course of your infection, um, and that would be asymptomatic, or you could just not yet have symptoms. That would be called pre-symptomatic. So both things happen, and and it's hard to tell when you don't feel ill uh, which way it's gonna go. The other important thing is that symptoms can be really quite mild. And so, um, uh, you know, a special focus on how you feel in a given day, uh, is important it could be as simple as you know, you don't you, you lost some sense of smell You have a mild sore throat you even have GI symptoms that you can't explain in some other fashion um, The thing about face coverings in addition is that the more people that actually participate in doing it The more effective that intervention is uh, and which is why you know, we want everyone to do that not just uh, certain populations um, the other important thing is that uh, In addition to protecting yourself with a face covering, possibly even more important is that you're protecting other people from these droplets. So while you might not be coughing or sneezing, um, you're protecting any droplets that might come out when you're talking or or, um, doing everyday activities. The common places to think about wearing masks that are uh, fairly universal are in public when you can't socially distance. That includes grocery stores and other places that are open. Um, your office if you can't um, be very distant from other workers and you're inside kind of um, location. Some of the places that you could consider taking your mask off are at home with the people you're always around um, or if you're uh, especially outside and you're able to to stay six feet away from people. That is surprisingly hard to predict though if you're going to a group of people that you know to stay six feet away so that's the caution just to not do that in the first place. The other things to um, consider when you put on the mask, it obviously is best to cover your nose and mouth. Um, If you touch your mask, you should concentrate then on washing your hands, um, like touching any um, surface that might be contaminated. Um, And then most face coverings um, for the public are recommended to be cloth and those can be washable and those should be washed um, after use if that's possible. Um, Mostly, this is just kind of an effort to empower people to do the thing, to protect their friends and family, Um, other vulnerable workers and us healthcare workers because we also go into the community um, and it it could hurt on the flip side if we all are sick so
5: good morning i'm janelle heinrich the director of public health madison dane county the increase in cases that we are seeing is concerning but preventable and you've heard all about that this morning we have created order the orders that we receive Released this morning specifically to address the issues we are continually hearing about in our contact tracing interviews. The data bears it out. This targeted strategic approach keeps us from having to return entirely to much stricter orders, but we will return to more restrictive orders if we continue on this path. We have developed criteria to help us determine when we need, we urgently need to. Uh, adjust course to tighter orders. These are called uh, rebound criteria. Please keep in mind that there are no specific state or federal guidance about when tightening or restricting is warranted. The Wisconsin Department of Health Services offers a composite number that combines the burden of disease. And trajectory of disease. So the cases that we're seeing increase on a daily basis, and the in the increase over time, which we use when uh, we will be using to help us assess when a rebound is needed. A moderately high or or high burden alone, or paired with a growing epidemic, will trigger a rebound analysis. This is something we do on a regular basis. When the increase is linked to specific sectors, such as bars, we will consider targeted interventions. If the increase cannot be attributed to specific sectors, we will consider broader interventions. You can learn more about those um, in in, in the updated Forward Dane that we released this morning. It's posted on our website. These rebound metrics join the hundreds of other metrics and measures we are looking at and tracking during this pandemic so that we have a data-driven, evidence-based response. We aren't solely looking at these Forward Dane metrics or contact tracing interviews, but the data that's emerging from our community as a whole. For example, when we saw from the beginning, and increasingly so, that uh, disparately impacted uh, communities aren't having the same access to testing. We started working with community partners to embed testing sites in neighborhoods and making information accessible in as many languages as possible. We will continue to work on that. Um, This continues to be a data-driven response as it always has been. And as that brings us back to the order from today, I want to stress that public health orders can only work if people follow them. We are giving out orders, we are giving out guidance on a daily basis. We have to all take responsibility for adhering to the best practice to minimize the risk of transmission, to break that chain. We can't be at public every public health, or your healthcare partners can't be at every gathering to make sure that people are six feet apart. We can't be at every business to check that employees are wearing face coverings we need your cooperation public health orders are one part of a strategy but we also require and 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 demand and ask of you that your individual actions will help prevent the spread of disease each of us has the power to shape our communities for the better. And in these times of uncertainty, we are reminded that the simple choice of wearing a face covering, uh, avoiding gatherings, and staying apart physically from each other will keep us all healthy and well. We'll, we'll open for questions. We'll,
2: we'll take questions. And do you have any insight into what the data is showing between um, the increase in positive patients who then have said they were attending protest demonstrations versus those who said they were um, the
5: numbers that indicate that they have been uh, at a protest or demonstration are extremely small. I believe it's only 12 folks uh, who have an association. And remember, these are associations uh, and not causations. But uh, compared to uh, family gatherings, uh, indoor and outdoor birthday parties, barbecues, those are are really the leading issues when it's not associated with a bar. <laughs> We will be doing everything we can. We can't be in every bar at every point in time. We take complaints, we follow up, and then if we can't get corrective action, uh, we will be writing citations. But right now, the orders that were released this morning uh, do not allow for, uh, they only allow for takeout or delivery for uh, bars.
0: Are you able to quantify in terms of a percentage or cases over
4: the last two weeks that are connected to people that are going to bars?
5: I would say it's over, it's about half under consideration at this point uh, we are considering every option we really want to make sure that the decisions that we make are looked at through an equity uh, impact analysis to assure that any decision that is mandatory doesn't have disparate imp- impacts on on individuals just to
0: follow up why not do a mask requirement yet why we're,
5: we're working with our partners, our communities of color, to get out stronger messaging around masking and to do that, that impact analysis to assure that, that we're not putting an additional burden on, on anyone while we're also calling on everyone to wear masks. Everybody wants masks. Everybody is talking about the importance of wearing masks. And I think we need to balance the, the orders and the, the requirements with good practice uh, that we need to all adhere to
2: again coming up that we'll see it as similar so
5: as not- well, this is what we're hoping to prevent by making some of the decisions that we've made today.
4: Do you feel like this order would hold up if it was challenged in court? I would hope so. so young people being a problem right now. Is there a way you're
0: reaching out to them? You know, we
2: know they probably don't necessarily have the news. Um, do you have any efforts?
5: We have find- we have some media targeted social media campaigns. We are working with the university. We are in close contact with them uh, to support getting message to the folks that they are affiliated with. So, yes, that is a critical component. Does this impact
4: in any way the discussions to bring students back into
5: medicine as well? Uh, we're in, co- in conversations every day with the university.
0: All right. That's all right. All right. Thank you all very much. Thanks, everyone.